I think a lot of agents get thrown off by saying, hey, they already have insurance, couldn't sell them. Because there's always gaps in the coverage because sometimes yeah. they may not have enough coverage. Maybe that coverage was good for them back then, but the needs have changed. Maybe they have a spouse, maybe they have kids, maybe they have other things that they haven't covered yet. So it's our job as an agent to do the proper discovery, to ask the right questions, to ascertain what they need, what we can help them with. Awesome. So welcome to Agent Q&A. You guys, your hosts here, John. We got Albert in the house and we got a special guest. If you could introduce yourself, Cecilia. Hi, my name is Carolyn Chu. What a pleasure to meet you. Carolyn. Um, brand, brand new agent. Brand new. Yep. Brand new. How brand new? How? When did you get your license? Uh, I just got notified yesterday that I got my license. Ah, yeah. okay. So we haven't even done contracting or anything, right? No. Okay, great. That was actually a really quick one because we... Uh, We've we met. We've gone. We've gone through the basic steps. And you know, Carolyn, I'm 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 uh, I'm I'm excited to work with her because she's really eager to get started and and learn this business. And you know, we've been going through the process. And I was like, you're not even licensed yet. We can't even get you started, really. But um, we submitted. You submitted your uh, application through the state last week, and then within like less than a week, she got licensed. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ple- so- pleasant surprise. Perfect. Perfect. So it's a brand new, brand new agent. She has no idea what's next, right? Okay. So we're going to run down a couple of things. So when you're a brand new agent in the industry, you have to be licensed to sell. And then before you sell, you now have to be appointed, meaning that you have a carrier contract for that insurance company to be able to sell their products. So that's going to be the next step for you. Uh, The first step is to get contracted, which we'll then do through FFL. So we have what's called an HCMS company, um, Hierarchy Compensation Management System. That's FFL's system in a sense. We'll send you an agent invite. Once you open that email, you'll now have an agent profile to, co- to create. You'll attach your NPN, which is, which is your national producer number. So California is confusing. California will give you a driver's li- um, not a driver's license, a state license number. And then overall throughout the United States, you have a national producer number. So you'll have two. In other states, there's actually just the NPN. They don't they don't use the state. But once you pass your test, you wait on that NPN number to start. So once you create your profile, you'll now have access to get contracted with our main carriers. So Albert, what would you recommend the main carriers for her to get contracted in? Yeah. So just kind of kind of before we get to that, just to kind of further John's John's uh, point of walking through the process. So if you if you are a person that's looking to build a team or you have people that are interested in joining this this uh, business, the way the way to get them started is obviously you're gonna send out the course. You know, you took care of the course in how, how long did it take you to finish the, the course online? Not very long. Yeah. You're on top of things. So you, you know you're you were good. You were like maybe a week, week and a half. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Good. Right. That's the ideal time in which you should finish it. I mean, so the thing is, if you finish it within 10 to 14 days, that's always ideal, not just because it gets you started faster, but also because you retain the information better rather than dragging out this thing that you're not really going to remember everything for. You just need to get through it. So if if you can knock it out in 10 to 14 days, uh, which Carolyn did here, uh, then as soon as that that happens, you already have your, you want to have your test date lined up. She took her test, passed it on the first try. Of course she did. And then, um, and then after that, after that, we're just waiting for the application process. So did the fingerprints get that, get that all set up. <clears throat> once, once she has the license that came in last a couple of days ago, at that point, then what happens is, you know, we wait a day because typically the server needs to update before, before it's actually active in the server. 
but then you know then you can we can go into the HCMS as John mentioned whoever the uh, manager is that's bringing in a bringing in a new recruit uh, that's licensed you can go to your HCMS at the top there's a little plus symbol and above your name above your profile you do the drop down to invite uh, agent invitation or agent invite or something like that and then after that I will just enter Carolyn's information which we're going to do today and then she'll receive an email that's going to um, have all the instructions as far as you know the websites to go to, where to where to get everything you know licensed or enter all your information so you can get begin the contracting process, which you know Joanne's not here today; she's not feeling very well, so we'll get her back next week. But Joanne is the one that's going to help out with the questions along the way, and uh, she'll send out another additional welcome email with a checklist to go through everything. We're also going to have it on discord, you know, the contracting information so people can reference it any, at any point. Thank you, Clifton. Also shout out, Cliff. shout out to Cliff for uh guest producing today in a, in a pinch. Appreciate you, my man. Uh, but yeah, all the resources are going to be available. So the thing is we're trying to centralize everything on the discord so people can always access it directly from there. When people have questions, they can go on the support and there's going to be a contracting channel that we're going to be have, have directly on there. So whether you're on the, recruiting side of it, or whether you are being recruited or coming into the business, you know, we want to provide as much resources as possible to try to make this thing even more seamless because it's not complicated, but I think to, to for people to get to wrap their head around the nomenclature of like, where do I go and what's HCMS and, you know, right. what does contracting mean and what does this mean? Like I have my license. That's just, so we're just trying to simplify things and, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a process, but with more time and, you know, the more that we start to get the same type of questions we can recognize. Okay. This is how we can simplify it here. How we simplify it here. So today that's what we're working on. We're going to be working on getting you contracted, send anything out and then we'll focus on getting some leads. How do we get started and all, the, all that good stuff. Yeah. It's, it's very confusing at the start, but yeah. the best part is once you get everything going, that's out the way. It's only a one-time thing that we have to worry about. Right. Right. So the next step is once you create your contracting profile, we then set up contracting with the carriers directly. So uh, going back to that, what would you recommend the first main three carriers that we recommend? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for watching so far the Q&A. If you guys have any questions or comments, please leave them below. And if you guys like what you guys are watching, please make sure to like and subscribe to our page. Didn't even get to that. Everything was such a mouthful earlier. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, we want to keep things as simple as possible. So, yeah, we have, I don't know, 30, 40 plus carriers. Correct. And we got it's great having a ton of options, but I would never recommend an agent hate let's get signed up for all of them. Cause what's the realistic, what's the, what's the, the real, the realistic likelihood of them needing to use all of them all at once. Right. So like I've been here for what, almost 10 years now, nine, no, no, seven years. There's a lot of carriers I don't, I don't use. Yeah. And I, I don't need to use, and it's nice having them, but if I never got contracted, it wouldn't make a difference in my life. Yeah. Right. So we want to keep it simple. We want to focus on Americo, Prosperity, AIG, and then Ethos will automatically get you contracted after you build up your profile within HCMS. So we have those four. Those will cover pretty much every scenario that we need. Yes, there's going to be some additional IULs in the future. There's annuities, which we've discussed. And Carolyn's, Carolyn's coming from the mortgage industry. So you know we're going to have potentially crossover business that's going to require annuities and, and IULs. So I'm looking forward to that. But that's that's something that we can contract for when those opportunities arise rather than Hey, let's get all that set up because people do get terminated by carriers, you know, because they have to pay for the appointment fee. And then if you're not producing for after a period of time, then they're going to terminate you. So like, why get the ball rolling on that thing and, and start things sooner when 
you don't have business yet. And then to add to that, why do we want to pick these main three carriers? One is because the simplicity of it. And then two, it pays the most. And number three, they also pay additional bonuses for writing the same. Correct. So if you have 30 different carriers, yes, we can pick each in, and every one. But if you throw all your business in multiple places, you don't get rewarded as much. But if you pick the AIG, Prosperity, and Americo and stick with those three, uh, we firmly believe, uh, one, number one, the simplicity of it is that you're able to write a policy without ever having to do a second follow-up on it. Right. Because they're going to give you a, an answer on the spot in the application. Before you finish the application, you're going to get to figure out if the client's approved or not. Instead of doing a submittal of an application, wait for an underwriter review, maybe get declined, maybe not know about it, and then you have to come back and do a follow-up again on the client. Yeah. So the simplicity of that, but more importantly, using these carriers, you're able to just zone in, figure out what the client needs, sell them within the policy, and get paid faster on it. Right. Right. So... Um, we're, that's what we we suggest. And as you learn, of course, you're going to add on IUL carriers. You're going to add on annuity carriers. Things will get better. You, you, you'll adjust. But for the start of a brand new agent, not knowing anything about life insurance, coming from a different industry, it gets a little bit uh, complicated, right? No, not at all. And thank you for making it so thorough. But my concern is, um, how do you know that pricing is competitive? Like if you said Americal. And it's easy because I think it gives you an instant decision right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Is there another carrier that gives you instant um, decision that compares? Because if somebody that's rate sensitive, you know, how do I know who's more competitive if I want to shop around for the most affordable pricing? Great question. So the thing is, yes, I mean, all the carriers are not that far apart. I mean, yes, it's a little bit more here and there. Yes. But then the thing is, what we're selling is selling off of is based off of value. Right. So the thing is, America may be a little bit more than this carrier, this carrier, but the thing is, it has a matching accidental death coverage that's automatically included. In addition, you know, for for us to be able to get instantly approved and the decision right there on the spot rather than waiting and then and then having to go back and then pivot and be like, oh, by the way, you didn't get approved or you, you know, didn't didn't get it issued as expected. Let's try to do this instead. And you know, clients, that's that's a bigger concern for for most people. Like people would rather have that certainty. So like one in the hand is better than two in the bush, you know, that whole saying. So yeah, as far as, far as rates, they're going to be pretty competitive. We have, you know, we have Prosperity, we have AIG, SIWL. Uh, Ethos is, is is one of the cheapest uh, term policies you can find extremely competitive. So yeah, no, we, we've we've already have all these different options and we're, we're aware of all that, you know, but, you know, these are the ones that uh, are the most advantageous for the agents, especially when you're brand new. If you want to start adding in other ones later on as we continue to go then yeah but for the for the practical purposes of just training an agent like every application is going to be slightly different they're not going to be that much diff, um far apart but as far as like which section comes first and how to navigate through them it gets overwhelming for agents because and sometimes even for us we're like oh, i haven't done this app before and i haven't done this app in a while it's the kind of the interface has changed a little bit and you're sitting there you're like i'm expecting this because i'm used to all these other care other other applications you know, if you stick with the same four, then you'll master, you'll understand how it works. And then everything else that comes after that will make much more sense. Yeah. And let me answer in my 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 way. Um, when I was coming in brand new, I wanted to make sure I also saved the client's money. I wanted I wanted to make sure I find them in the best deal. Um, but when you start looking at all the 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 insurance carriers, 
they're regulated, so they're actually dollar for dollar in their their pricing. They're only going to be a little bit off from one or another. So we don't a little bit off, like a dollar or less. Okay, so the versus the miracle versus ABC company that might potentially pay more, but you're saying as far as the premium for the client, client correct? It's within three percent difference in the price. Yes. Less within like that. three dollars to five dollars in the difference. Right. And as far as you're saying that they the service turn time might be slower than an instant decision. So what's a worst case scenario using a carrier that might take longer for a decision? I mean, we're talking a week time, three days. What's the turn time for that? Right. So each carrier. So that's what I'm going to go. With. Besides the price, you're going to end up finding out that each carrier has processes that can go longer or shorter. Right. So these carriers, why we simplify it is that we want to make sure that when the agent writes the business, they're going to get paid on it because they've already finished the application and they've already got an approval. Timestamp, it depends. Some insurance carrier, we have to ask for a doctor record and a doctor record can take their sweet time releasing that medical record to the insurance carrier. So we can go from three days to a week to two weeks. In the middle of that is you have a client in the in risk in limbo if they're getting approved or and not. they might be co-calling by other agents if they fill all their information. Not just that, but they could be dying in between and we're not right. covered. Something could happen, yeah. Right? Yeah. So timing is, is a big difference. More importantly, when I was coming in brand new and I tried to show the lowest price possible, yeah. each carrier also has a specific underwriting, right? So there's levels of their, their risk and who they're going to accept from a healthier to unhealthy. What's their What's their level? What's their ceiling, right? So sometimes I'm thinking I'm doing the best thing for the client. I get them the lowest rate. I try to apply it for them, thinking they're going to get approved. Then they get declined. Now I showed too low of a price when they should have been approved for the higher premium, even for maybe five bucks or $10. And now they're put off. Can you submit the same application to two carriers at the same time for a decision? I wouldn't recommend it. No, not, here, not recommended. Here, here's why. It costs the carrier money every time that you submit an application or every time that you even go through. So there's three components. We went over this the other day. So there's for a simplified issue, there's three components in which they make a decision whether or not a client can qualify for the coverage. One, how you answer the underwriting questions on the application. Two, they do an MIB, the Medical Information Bureau check to see even rated declined for insurance in the past. And then three, for the prescription history. So they run a prescription right. check. So they, they cost them money every time they run a prescription and MIB check. Okay. So the thing is, if you as an agent start running a bunch of applications and then it costs them money, but you're not never submitting it, they terminate you. Right. So the thing is that like, you should, like you should, and it's not it's like, will mistakes happen? Yes. But then the thing is us as agents, we have a relationship with these carriers too. So the thing is we want to make sure they're profitable, make sure it's, it doesn't hurt the carrier. Like we're like, we got to make sure that everything's good. And there's really no need, need to submit two separate applications at the same time, because if we're doing the reasonable underwriting part of it, we're, we're, we're looking into underwriting guides. If the client has medical issues, if they take medications, if they've had uh, history concerns on their medical, then we got to do the, the pre pre underwriting first. And we should try to try to assess whether or not we should even submit this application. And which if you're brand new, then in this case, you may not know. You can still go on the app. You can go on the underwriting guides and you can, you can find everything out yourself. You can call the carrier and get a risk assessment, but more likely than that, the easiest way is just to ask one of the uplines or go on the discord and then just asking the group and just be like, Hey, this client has this. What do you guys think? 
So how often when a client gets denied due to whatever challenges on their health and from one carrier and actually get approval from another carrier? Quite often. Yeah. It, it depends what, what it is. They all have, they all, all the carriers have different criteria, which we know America, Prosperity, AIG, and Ethos, you know, they all have, we're very familiar with the, their process and they're generally pretty lenient. So the thing is for us to be able to get a decision up front, even before we submit the application on with America and Prosperity is normally pretty good about that too. We'll know upfront whether or not to complete the rest of the application. With the with the other ones, you may not know the health condition that well or the underwriting condition that well, and then you submit the application all the way through, only for it to come back in a couple of days or a week later and be like, you didn't qualify. Well, I would like to study their guidelines. Sure. You know, do they have guidelines on their website, like a cheat yeah. sheet or yeah. something? We got we it all do. in the Discord. The right. Okay, so excellent. going back to your question, do we submit two apps? No, what we do is we actually submit one of our preferred app of what we think we can get them qualified. If for some reason the client lied or it failed to mention something that popped up, sometimes they tell you what their medications they're taking now, but on the record two, three months ago, it's something stronger and it still pulls it up. So for example, if I use prosperity and prosperity went up on either the price or it gets declined, Instead of submitting two at a time, we pivot. So we would stop the prosperity because in the middle of the application is declining. We would try another company. So it saves us time. So you, you'll learn as you, you go along with the process, which one's good, which one's getting approved. And then as you get more applications in, you're going to come into a lot of the same situation, same prescription medication, same situation with this client. Now you know which one to put them in. So we, when we take our application, we have to write down all the prescriptions that they're taking, right? Not, or, or are we counting for the medical background check to, to show see up? Or, so it's not like we have to get the list and no. put it into the system? They'll, 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 the carrier will run it themselves to, to see what, what they actually take. So even the client says, like, they could be taking five, five prescriptions, and then they could tell you, no, I don't take anything. <laughs> and then even if it goes through, it'll still come up on the prescription check that the carrier does. Right? Is that just a conversation piece to have? Yes, to yes, ask? yes. Like what medication are you on? Do we yes, yes. We ask that. Part, part of that's for us doing, during our discovery process to see what they actually have. Because a client could tell you, oh, yeah, I'm healthy. I don't, I'm, I'm fine. And then like they started listing off all their medications and you're like, yeah, you're actually not that fine. Uh, you probably do have something so that you can, we can normally ascertain what they actually have based off of the prescriptions that they say that they've been prescribed. Yeah. And then also going to each carrier, you, you know how you wanted to study the, the underwriting guidelines. So most of the carriers, they have a, a table of all the medications listed, what it's for medication, what it's for, and in what category they'll, they'll fit as a approval, approved level, approved grade of uh, decline. So on the discovery, that's when we would ask, what medication are you on? Are you on this med? Are you on blood thinners? And then I can look up which carrier prior to doing an app. So let's say I buy a lead and I talk to the client and they said, oh, I already have life insurance now. Okay. Is it possible to try to upsell them on their current policy with another company to have them come to us? And let's reevaluate what you have. Perhaps I have something better. Yes. And that's surely to do in this business? These are all great questions, by the way. So I'm, I'm glad you're asking this because this is stuff that a lot of new agents think about. So in that situation, if you, if you get a lead, you talk to a client, they say, hey, I already have insurance. You say, great. How much do you have? How long did you take that out? Uh, which company is that with? How much do you pay a month for that? All, all, all that good stuff, right? So you can, make it, you can kind of figure out what they actually have. Now, the thing is, 
if you run a couple of quotes and you, and you can actually beat that and they, you can provide them with an objectively better product, it may benefit them to replace it if they're looking for something brand brand new and different. If they are, if they're in a good place with what they already have, because they took it out many years ago, you know, it's already past the two-year contestability period. It doesn't need to be replaced because you can't really beat that rate because the issue age was so much younger back then. So the, the key is two years. Not necessarily. You want to assess the overall situation. So if they took out a policy and for some reason it's a lot cheaper, don't disturb it. Just add on. Yeah, see, you see if you find a gap and then see if you can add on some additional coverage. If it's something that's way overpriced or it's a graded policy or something where you know that you can get them a better policy right off the bat, then you can be like, hey, here's an option. And then you can go through the replacement process, just check the box. And Do we even bother if they say, oh, I have a policy with Miracle right now? Do I even bother and say, oh, great, I deal with Miracle too. Maybe I could find you something a little more competitive and price and more coverage. Is that even worth it if it's the existing company? We always bother. So oh, okay. our our job as an agent is it's so I think a lot of agents get thrown off by saying, hey, they already have insurance, couldn't sell them. Yeah. But it's like, no, there's always there's always gaps in the coverage because sometimes yeah. they may not have enough coverage. Yeah. Uh, maybe that coverage was good for them back then, but the needs have changed. Maybe they have a spouse, maybe they have kids, maybe they have other things that they haven't covered yet. So it's our job as an agent to do the proper discovery, to ask the right questions, to ascertain what they need, what we can help them with, and then go from there. Yeah, let me let me use my uh, let me use my example. Um, I made a sale earlier, so I I called the client. He filled out a lead, and I asked him, "Do you have life insurance already?" And he said, "Yes." Okay, what is it? I have eight thousand dollars. I'm paying eighty dollars a month for. And I said, "Okay, so what?" You've already had the policy. How long have you had it? He said less than a year ago. And then what are you looking to do with this? Are you looking to add on? Are you looking to keep it? Or are you looking for a better rate? So I do, I, I just do a, a discovery. And he sure. said, you know, I'm looking for a burial plan. I want to be buried. And my siblings are telling me I need more. I was like, yeah, you only have 8,000. An average cost of a burial is about 15 to 20,000. Well, I'm a broker. I have multiple companies to use. Let me see if I can find you a better rate. Yeah, I think that's even a better lead because there's people going to buy life insurance and they don't. So if someone already have life insurance, yes. I could say I could give you a better policy for less and maybe more coverage. It doesn't cost you win. any money. It only takes 10 minutes. Why wouldn't they hear me out? So this was a 30-minute sale. Yeah, that's even better. But it's, there's no like contingencies with their existing insurance agent who they bought from prior APC or a penalty or a lock-in clause to stay in. Think of it like car insurance. You know how you can change your car yeah. insurance every okay. time? Similar. Okay. If you find a better deal, yeah. And then um, most likely his plan, it was a higher plan and it was two-year graded. They just bought the policy like three months ago and they switched the other agent will have to give back their commission, basically, right? That's where we come in because we have all the the range where we have the potential of beating those rates. Right. If I just may add, though, I mean, the thing is, if if it's an existing FFL agent, I mean, let's just show the courtesy to them and, and just be like, oh, if they say like, it's, yeah, so this agent and it's an FFL agent, let's just be like, okay, great. I'm sure you got a great policy. Let's see what we can do to add on in addition to that, rather than replacing their business. Yeah. Because we don't want to cause a chargeback <laughs> for them. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. In my case, um, it was a totally separate policy. Uh, we don't represent them because we know they're expensive. So I already knew the carrier that they're with. They're like, yeah, we could beat that. So I showed them a plan, the $8,080 plan that he's paying. With prosperity, he can get fifteen thousand for the same price, and it has a double accidental. So we almost double this plan for the same price. So how would 
the borrowing borrow, the client even know it's an FFL agent. When they originally deal with, let's just say, Henry, who sold them the policy, mm -hmm. do I ask, oh, you're the agent who sold you the policy, what company they're from? Yep. They probably won't even remember, right? right. Like, miracle. Like, how will you even know? So when, when Henry first solicited his client, for example, yep. does he represent himself like, I'm with a miracle, or do they say, I'm with, you know, FFL? Um, I mean, technically, they're independent independent uh, brokers. I mean, so they're, do they they're, say the brokerage, the company? Not not always, but a lot of times they'll send a business card over. So then the, oh, the, the client, right. the agent, the client will have that. So, I mean, the, here's the thing. If, if it's an existing carrier that we have in our portfolio, the chances that it's an FFL agent usually is, might, be, might be higher. So, I mean, I'll just take that into account. I mean, because if we're buying the leads from the same company, that might be a good repetitive things that happen. Yes, right? yes. So if, if it's the same carrier, I like to, I always just um, commend them for it. It's like, oh, that's a great company. We have them. We represent them. But so I'm you have a good rate. The time when I'm talking to the client and they have an existing policy and I'm trying to upsell it, mm -hmm. how would I, how the client wouldn't even know that this is, they bought it from a prior FFL right. agent. Right. So how long do I have to go through this process, taking an application, get excited. Then I'm going to find out when I submit to underwriting that. They originally purchased this from an FFL agent. So if you don't touch the old policy, you can always add on and you can have multiple policies. But what I'm trying to say is I wouldn't know if I should touch the policy or not. It's how soon would I know if the, the person who sold them the policy is one of us. Right, right. Well, you you would you would find that. So like if they if they say I already have a policy with America or Prosperity right. or AIG, these main ones, we could just assume that it's probably an FFL associate. Really? I mean, Why? It's our main carrier. Well, we're the largest IMO for one. <laughs> so we have about 27,000 agents. <laughs> since the same policy to... You could. To I mean... Agents yes. It's it's a, it's possible. But I mean, look, we also don't run into that situation that often either. Because yeah. how often do you run into that situation? I mean, like once in a blue moon. So we, we try not to step on each other's toes. But if you don't know, then sometimes it happens. But right. you shouldn't be like, oh, you, you shouldn't be like, hey, I see a policy. Let me just try to replace it right off the bat, because sometimes it's just really generally not beneficial to replace it because they've had it for so long. Right. And, you know, they already have it. They already have cash value building up. And, you know, it's it's, it's cheaper because of their age that they took it out. If they took it out in their 20s and they're 50 now, there's there's no way to like legitimately beat that. So the more likely really go down in price with inflation and everything goes up. So if anything that's after two years prior don't bother. Within two years, look into it. Yeah. Well, here, here's another caveat too. This happens quite often. You run into a senior or someone in their fifties and above, and then they they have a term policy that's going to expire at some point. That might be a situation where it might benefit them to replace it with either another term policy that's going to reset the the term period, or you get them a permanent coverage like an IUL or whole life or something if they qualify based on their health. Then you know this way it makes sense for them because that's going to expire on them anyhow. Right. Um, but going back to the two years, yes and no. Usually with life insurance, it locks you in at your age, at your health at that price. So it's harder to beat an older rate. Right. But you'd be surprised. There's a lot of older worn out companies that have really bad rates. Yes. I've had policies where there were 10 years ago and we still had plans to beat the rates. So it's like, it's a win-win. Here's the $200,000 plan, or I can show you $300,000 and it's still $50 cheaper. It's a win-win. So you always want to do right by the client, you know, 
if you run into situations where you end up replacing, as long as you go through the right proper channels, it shouldn't affect you. There's no uh, bad situations that can happen for you. But these are great questions. You know. You're, you know the game. We didn't even get to ask like your full industry about like, let's 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 go into that. We have a couple of more minutes. How do you see yourself in the business? You know, you've been in sales, I take it, with the mortgage industry. What got you to switch out and, and where do you see yourself uh, in a long process with us? That's a great question. It's really hard for me to answer right now. Um, a little bit about my background. I've been in sales my whole life. <laughs> hey, you're going to kill it. I tell. You're going to kill it. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, 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 ex ah, I've been in the mortgage industry for almost 30 years and I have my own uh, mortgage company okay. and it's still existing. It's current and we're loans nationwide. We are a direct lender. I'm also a licensed mortgage broker and banker. So we do every type of loan there is. So as a mortgage broker, it's it's the same concept, right? right. I use phone burner. I buy leads. I know all about leads. I do direct mail. I, I even have my UPS code. I mean, USPS code in the post office. Oh, wow. The mail drop when I pay that much money, I know when it hits what zip code. I have my own tracking system. So I'm familiar with the lead concept. And it's not that much different. Like I had a boiling room. I had a telemarketer in India oh, company where they transferred the live lead to my loan agent. So it, it's been a, a, a hard decision and it's been a very struggling because I've been doing it for over 25 years. I had a good run and I don't know how to do anything else but mortgages because I started that in my 20s. Yeah. And um, the mortgage industry has been really challenging the last year and a half. Yeah. I survived the crash in 08. So a lot of people are not in business anymore. I survived that crash. This is not a crash. This is like cancer. It's like a slow death. And <laughs> and, yeah. and my palate is completely gone. And I love mortgages. And I'll always do that. But I'm looking for It's not challenging for me anymore. Um, and I still love it. Don't get me wrong. I think this is great in, in addition for me to provide another service to my mortgage clients and I could cross sell. So that that's why I'm here. Awesome. Um, I, I'm a very committed person. I don't, I think I'm grateful that Albert is willing to take me under his wing. Um, I, I interview with a few companies and honestly, I didn't even like all the people that I talked to. <laughs> and I was like, you can be my upline. I really feel there was a good chemistry, you know, organically. Yeah. So when I met with Albert, it was um, a very different, uh, easy decision. I mean, I didn't come here because of the commission and the great pay. I came here because of him. So it's only my second day. So, you know, I'm going to be a ping in all of your ass. And we have a lot of questions. We got your back. So I definitely support anything that you can tell me what I'm doing. And I'm just excited to be here. Well, so awesome. it's the same process in the business. You being in the business already, you know, the game, there's the product, there's the clients and the leads. Yeah. And then the rest of it is just minutia of like proper processes. Yeah. Seems like being on a dialer and sit there for 10 hours and call 200 people and pound on the phone. I, I'm used to that culture. So I don't want to be driving. I just, just give me the leads. Let me just sit there and let me just talk on the phone all day. So I knew this, this is basically the same thing, except a different product of what I'm accustomed to. So I thought this might be, you know, a good choice for me. Yeah. And do you speak other languages as well? Yes. I speak Mandarin. Oh, hey. So there's a lot of clients in there. Um, 
once you build up the IUL and the annuity, big clients How that you can sell. How it is to learn the IUL? Same concept. Think of it like explaining the value of the equity in the house. You put in money, it's going to build equity, call the cash value, and you can do whatever you want with it. It just takes a little bit of experience. Yeah. It just takes a little experience to kind of kind of wrap your head around it to, to help paint the picture better for them to help them understand how it works. So it's just, yeah, it's just all, it's all experience. And I, and Carolyn's going to keep me accountable because, you know, she's on top of things. So she's, she's like, Hey, when can we start this? When can we start this? And I'm just like, I got to make sure I'm, I'm on top of my stuff. So it's a good thing. I, awesome. I, I'm enjoying it. When, whenever there's a fresh blood, it, it always inspires the, the managers. Cause sometimes you, you run through the same thing and there's no new challenges or nobody that keeps you rising up. So welcome aboard. Welcome. Oh, yeah. All right. So that's going to be wrapped up for us. Um, if you guys liked it, if you want to share this information to anybody that you know, uh, please follow us and like us on FFL Elite Clips on YouTube. So we'll see you guys there. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Subscribe. Hey guys, thanks for watching. If you guys want to subscribe, click here. If you want to watch the next video, click here.